You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good morning, friends. How are we doing? And welcome inside another beautiful week here in lovely Calgary, Alberta. It's cold. (laughs) It's cold. Yes, sir. And uh, I believe it's going to be cold for quite a bit. So. Yeah, grab two extra pair of socks. Patty, you're shivering, buddy. The long underwear on, too, man. These windows back here in this thing, not sealed well. No, maybe not. This guy, he's he's the one that you can't see it because that guy right there, he's in charge of this, so he needs to do something about it. No, the the maintenance maintenance guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Turn it up. Turn it up. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's it's winter. To the big show with Russick and Rose, typically. George Russick will be back tomorrow. Uh, he's just got to watch, uh, or did watch, uh, his he, Serbians. Uh, quite a game, I guess. 3-3. Three, three. Playing win. Playing quite a match so, earlier uh, today, and then he's going to hop on a plane and make his way home. Um, my name is Matt Rose. I'm usually on the show hosting, but I'm doing a little bit more. And Patty Dumas <laughs> is usually on the show producing. He's doing a little bit more. And Alex Brody's usually the technical producer. Mm-hmm. He's doing a little bit more. In the other room. And GVP's usually at school. And GVP's <laughs> usually at school, so he's doing a little bit more than he usually would do at this hour as well. So, welcome everybody. I hope we all had some great weekends, and uh, hope we had some great weekends for all of our listeners too. Now, granted, I'm sure that a large majority of you are A, Flames fans, B, Team Canada fans, or C, a, a large mix of both. Yeah. And if that's the case, well, then maybe it wasn't the best weekend. Pretty for sad you. weekend. Yeah, but maybe your NFL team won. Maybe yeah. you got a big fantasy dub. Mm-hmm. Maybe you racked a couple of big bets. Yeah. Yeah, I know you did. Your boy did okay <laughs> once again. <laughs> we'll get into all of that later on uh, on the show today. Uh, we'll rehash our big bets. We actually got an amazing program here. Um, George would be sad that he's missing this one because we got the morning report coming up. Brought yeah. to you by Motorworks. Patty Dumas got it all prepared. He'll catch you up. On everything that's happened in the weekend of sports, uh, we'll have our soccer report where we get into the big tournament down in Qatar. Mm. We'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, our boy Alex Brody's got that prepared for you today. Charles Davis, uh, NFL analyst, mm-hmm. was calling the Bengals and the Titans game. Yep. He's going to stop by, chat a little bit about the NFL week that was. We always love when Charles joins the show. Really interesting chat teed up for seven thirty, and as it relates to the Calgary Flames. Gonna chat with Sandra Persina from the Calgary Wranglers. Wranglers, an interesting team of late. Alabet. Being the farm team for the Calgary Flames, several prospects of the team still play on that Wranglers group and are doing very well. Very Matthew, well. Matthew Phillips leads the AHL in scoring. Jacob Pelche has been doing very good of late. They've got some other names down there too. Um, Connor Zary comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Walker Dewar, perhaps in a different style of player. Um, but those would be some guys that you maybe look to the farm. And I think with a couple of losses to close out a six-game road trip for the Calgary Flames as they get ready to take on the Florida Panthers Tuesday night mm-hmm. and welcome Matthew Kachuk back to the Dome, is there a way that a call to the farm might infuse a little bit of something into this lineup? I was going to say offense, but it doesn't even have to be offense. I think it just has to be a little bit of a, a different vibe yeah. at this point. Yeah, exactly. But I also wonder the, you know, we'll get into it with Sandra a little mm-hmm. bit later on, but I think it's a conversation a lot of the fan base is having right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a conversation a lot of us in the media are having right now. And I openly wonder about how much of a conversation it is behind closed doors at Flames HQ. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be just after 7.30. Sandra Pacina will join us. Greg Wyshynski, senior writer for NFL or the ESPN, uh, covering the NHL, not the NFL. He'll join us just after 8 o'clock, do some general NHL stuff after the weekend, and we're also going to dive into that Canada soccer match yesterday. A tough loss to on the Croatia. Boy, did they ever. Um, Peter Galindo, Sportsnet soccer columnist, live from Qatar. He is in Qatar. Is going to join us just after 8.30, and we'll also have another certainty soccer report all before we get to 9 o'clock. So like I said, great job. You've jam-packed this show. You're welcome. We are live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio, downtown in Calgary. Shout out to uh, Doug Lacey and his group for uh, hopping on board for another season. I guess, man, there's there's a couple different ways that we could go to start this hour. 
obviously we're going to get to the World Cup and the Flames in the morning report, mm-hmm. but start with the guy the Flame and sees on their chest. Yeah, okay. As uh, mentioned it, Friday night, or Friday during the day, they take a 3 to nothing loss at the hands of the Washington Capitals. Played well early on. Mm-hmm. Maybe didn't get rewarded for it. Capitals, capitalize, pardon the pun, on a couple of turnovers, yep. a couple of bad plays, and all of a sudden, you're getting shut out for the first time this season, three to nothing. Mm-hmm. Next day, right to Carolina, Hurricanes and Flames, both with an early game on Friday, both lose, both going to Carolina, looking to get back in the win column. A better game for the Flames, I would say. We're able to tie the game. But at the same time, mm-hmm. some bad penalties. Bad turnover. Bad turnover. Not the cleanest penalty kill play that we've mm-hmm. seen of late from this team. And all of a sudden, 3-2 and you lose in regulation. And you can only muster 20 shots. Season low. Only 20 shots a season low. And granted, the Carolina Hurricanes are a shot suppression team. Yeah. That's one of the things that they certainly mm-hmm. excel at. It's how you can get by with goaltenders like Antiranta mm-hmm. and... Kochkov. Kochetka, who might end up being a very good goaltender in this league, but mm-hmm. is still a, a young goaltender young in this league, um, especially while Freddie Anderson is down, right? So, mm-hmm. yes, the Hurricanes do do a lot of shot suppression. That's fine. But you got to find a way to do a little bit more against that Carolina team, especially as you're closing out the road trip. You understand that, you know, already probably not much of a victory on the on the road trip i would say maybe wanted to at least get that to overtime right you wanted to at least you get point that there. point you go home you're feeling you're okay kind of have a a half see half and half type road trip it's kind of what you wanted but it just it leaves a sour taste in your mouth escaping these last two with no points uh you're not out of a you're out out of a playoff spot and it just feels like, yeah, there's there's not a lot of panic from the internal. They won't say it, but it just, they do need an infusion of something. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how the Wranglers are playing. And they, they need a boost of something. And like Sutter mentions that we need the young guys to step up. Well, Ruzicka's, by look, he's the only young guy on this roster mm-hmm. right now. And he's doing all right yeah, in the role that he can, he's got. So young guys, he, the young guys are down in AHL right now playing their ass off <laughs> yeah they're playing very well and like here's the thing for me like like i said it off the top and i understand trying to switch the lines up and, and throwing someone else into the mix mm-hmm. gives a little bit of a different vibe per se and maybe that's something you can capitalize on maybe that is something that this group just needs as a young player to come up and mm-hmm. everyone be excited about the opportunity that he's going to have and all that type of thing but then on the offhand, I also wonder, is this uh, has this already gotten to a point where it might be difficult for the team to even get behind that? Just the way things have been going. This felt like a miserable road trip. Felt like by the end that this was just no yeah. good. Like, you know how the much how we always talk yeah. about, oh, you got to get out on the road yeah. and everyone will bond and it'll be so great. Yeah. This felt like this was a miserable road trip by the end of it. Yeah, it's twice on the on the where they've gotten out of the dome where it's just like the first one a little maybe a little bit better. And they took three straight losses all in regulation in that one. But I mean it, that wasn't very good. But it's, they didn't do a lot of great bonding on that trip. Yeah, and then this one, it's like like you look at the window, okay, well the Florida game, the shootout, whatever. It's you got it, it done. Yeah, you but, got it done. And then the Philly game, well, yeah, it's a three goal win, but it was a three two game for most of that third period in Philly played pretty well. And you should have beat the brakes off. You should have. And then, yeah, exactly. That's a team that you should be beating you should nine beat times five out of ten. Two. Yeah. That Without was the, the free netters. space on the bingo. That was the free <laughs> space on the bingo card in that game. Yeah. Or on the whole road trip. Washington, another team. Beat up. And they're playing. Like, Struggling lately. <laughs> they can't do much. And then they find a way to shut you out. Uh, and then there's a Hurricanes. That's a Stanley Cup contending team, and that mm-hmm. was exactly what Rod Brindamore did. They suffocated the Flames, not getting any very good scoring, like high quality chances. It's just, it's just very, very bleh. Very, very meh. Very, very meh. 
Very milk toast, very average, very and, uh, like you will go th- I'll go through it in the morning report, but I look I I'll I'll say it now, like uh, the guys that you need like Sutter talks about having dis- dif- a difference maker on this team. Yeah. Nazem Kadri, zero goals in his last five, two mm-hmm. in his last ten. Elias his Lindholm. line mates have fallen off a cliff. Elias Lindholm. Yeah. Elias Lindholm. Zero goals last five. Two in his last ten. Huberto, one in his last five. Two in his last ten. We know that. Mm-hmm. So there's like the guys that are you're expecting to get the goals right now, and we don't even have to don't even have to talk about Manjapani and Dubé. Yeah. Well, those two have struggled mightily as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. After you know, for the first week or two weeks of the year, the team was five and two. And we went, oh my goodness, they just yeah. magically found this amazing second line with Manjapani, Dubé, and Kadri in the middle of it, and that is obviously mm-hmm. not turned out. And it has kind of gone the entire opposite direction. Ruzitska was good for three or four games. He gets demoted, and Jonathan Huberto gets put back with that top line near the end of the Capitals game. Uh, back to that normal kind of unit for the mm-hmm. Hurricanes game, though. I do wonder. Like, this is a group that hasn't been able to find chemistry in their offensive groups. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a divide between some of the top players and and some perhaps the head coach. There seems to be a pretty apparent divide between perhaps Jonathan Huberto and Daryl Sutter. Yeah, I would argue. And right now, you this is a team that I think there's a few things for me. When they're turning the puck over, it's usually ending up in their back of their net. Yeah like at an egregious rate and There's it nice doesn't matter for that too it, i know you've got a nice step for that <laughs> and they're they're not just turning the puck over in their own zone it's neutral zone it's offensive mm-hmm. zone. it doesn't matter it's lazy that it, dube one on on, on oh, saturday so bad you you were hemmed into your zone aho jarvis they're killing you you could skate the Bloody puck out of the damn he zone. Is, he had space. What are you doing? Like Manjapani's behind you. What are you expecting him to know what you're going to do? Yeah. Well, and and listen, this is same road trip. Manjapani made almost the identical play, trying yeah. to hit Dubé on a pass, missed, ended up in the back of the net. And of the two, I've liked Dubé more lately. But that's something that you cannot do against that opponent in that moment. <laughs> Right off a hockey game. Screaming Brent Burns right off right, the bench. Right off the bench. <laughs> what the My hell? goodness. Um, so that was certainly a problem. Uh, as those two have fallen off a little bit, Nazem Kadri's game has also He's not even noticeable fallen right now. off a lot. You mentioned the Lindholm numbers. I talked about Rizichka, who was good for a week, but the last couple games I haven't been as intrigued Blake by what Coleman. he's bringing. Tyler Toffoli's been Toffoli's been the great, outstanding. He's been great, man. This, the guy, he's got how many posts this year too? Like mm. he could be right up there with with the goal scorers. Yeah, but he's just been an inch off in a lot of situations this year. He's been really good. Backlund, I've liked quite a bit. Huberto's still trying to find it. You mentioned Coleman. He to me, Coleman is what he is. Yeah, you can't. When the playoffs roll around, that's when that guy makes his money. You're not getting thirty goals from Blake. No, you and you shouldn't expect thirty no. goals from Blake Coleman because if you do, you you're asking for trouble. You're like, you're, you're yeah. overestimating yeah. an asset that does not that's not the value that yeah. he brings. Yeah, you know, if you want to ask him for five or six in the playoffs in a long run. Yeah, that's, yeah. sure, okay, I'll hear you out there. But he's not gonna a guy that's gonna score thirty for you. Yeah, twenty maybe sometimes, fifteen. You're happy probably, but that's the type of guy he is. And then the fourth line continues to be a, a work in progress. Um, getting Brett Ritchie back was good, but they're playing you know fourth line minutes now. This isn't like a few games ago when we talked about look at these new look lines and Daryl Sutter can roll all four lines and all that type of stuff. We haven't seen that necessarily to the same extent. Like seventeen takes a really dumb penalty on the Hannafin scoring chance against Washington that might have changed the whole complexion of that so, game. So I, I I mentioned it earlier and I got a little distracted. Some of the issues that I think have been plaguing this team real bad this year are that transition defense mm-hmm. um, after a turnover, whatever it is. The transition defense has been struggling as far as guys being able to pick up the right player as they're coming back in the rush. Yeah. You know, just having your assignments. 
and those type of things. Another problem has been the penalties. The penalty kill has been pretty good. It has started out outstanding. Slipped a little bit. Not the greatest on Saturday. But I also think that the team has taken a lot of penalties that you just aren't used to seeing from this, that we did not see from this Flames team last year. The hooking, the high sticks, the holding. It's it's really lazy penalties that I hate. They're not good. (laughs) They're the stuff that drives coach and staff mad. And they put you shorthanded. They put you shorthanded too many times. In some of these instances, some of your top penalty killers are the guys going to the box. Yeah. Zadorov's a guy who is being asked to kill penalties in either a one or a, a two role. <laughs> He's constantly going to the box. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was pretty good at the beginning of the year for him, but lately, once He's again, back into that role exactly. he was last year. Um, Blake Coleman, every once in a while, good for one that you just go, oh man, the, you mentioned the Luch each one can't be doing that, but the. I think that's been one of the biggest problems for me. It's just been some undisciplined play, bad turnovers, not having your assignments the other way, and can throw goaltending in there too. Mm-hmm. Although, granted, I didn't think it was the issue in either game, nope. Carolina or Washington. No, I thought both were very solid. Uh, I think like Dan Vladar gave I, him a chance. Exactly. He gave them another chance to get the points on Saturday, but... You know, I, it's the goaltending is not the issue here now. I don't think Jacob Markstrom. We'll see what he gets. He's gonna have a pretty busy week here for him to get going against some really key opponents. And that's what I mean. It could be a key week. This is some big name. You got Matthew Kachuk coming back. Mm-hmm. You got Sean Monahan coming back. Mm-hmm. Canadian team. Anytime like an Eastern Canadian team comes into that building, you have to travel well, man. Yeah. Their fan, their fan base, like I. Living in Calgary for a long time. Yeah. I know many Habs fans that as soon as the NHL schedule comes out, mm-hmm. there's one game they're looking at and one yeah. game they're grabbing tickets for. Yeah. And like if that's what the club needs to get a little bit more juice out of them, is like because they've got returning players coming in. They get to try that they get to wear blasty this week. I'm just trying to find yeah, little that's a things good point. to just try and maybe get them going. Get a little here, bit of joy just, going in the game. Get it, a little bit of happiness back in that room because frankly, you play a game and you do. Michael Stone coming I, back Saturday. I keep, I keep I'll, I'll always come back to it. It's, 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 it's winning is fun. Yep. But you know, you you have to be able to enjoy it a little bit, even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the plain and pure fact is, as NHL players, you live a very good life. Um, traveling, playing hockey for a living. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's a lot of things that can happen away from the game too that make it not so easy sometimes. But you've got a sweet gig. And if you're not enjoying it, I just think it's that much harder to go out and do your job. I think yeah. anybody can say that about anything that they work in. Exactly. So we'll see if this week, the return of Matthew Kachuk, the return of Sean Monahan, uh, some big games for the Flames can maybe perhaps turn some things around for the club. 7 o'clock start Tuesday. And then the Ovi's Flames, here on Saturday. The Flames welcome the Panthers. And then Ovi's <laughs> back Saturday, as is the rematch between the Capitals and the Flames, as uh, it'll be a fun week. Pretty fun week games lined up. Uh, Massive week. At the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Um, the other thing, yesterday, woke up bright and early. Nine o'clock start, Canada taking on Croatia. Mm-hmm. Um, being the rube that I am when it comes to <laughs> soccer, I'm going to give you my quick analysis, and then we'll t- we'll give you get your actual real thoughts. Okay. Uh, once again... Thought Canada came out real strong, like they did in the game against Belgium. But there seemed to be, and I don't know what the turning point was or what changed, if Croatia changed something up stylistically, strategically, or what it was. But somewhere between that 20th and that 30th minute, they turned a switch on, and they were making every pass, and they were moving the ball so well and getting through the, the Canadian defense quite easily. That it just looked to a certain point that this was a team that is a world power. That was <laughs> someone that was, if I'm not mistaken, in the final for the World Cup last time. It's 2018 yeah, finalist. 2018 yeah. finalist. And they just kind of got to a point where they said, okay. All right, young boys. All right, you you haven't been at this tournament in quite some time. We're going <laughs> to remind you of what it's like when you get to play in this thing every yep. four years. And, and they did that. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, first off, I mean, you can't ask for a, a more electric start. Canada finally gets the goal that everybody wanted at a World Cup, and it was scored. And it's Alfonso It's Tilt. Alfonso Davies. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's a beautiful. Like, we're going to win. Yeah, There's that, only 89 minutes left. Yeah, we got this. That's the problem with, these, uh, with this game is uh, you don't want to score early because chances are you're probably going to concede the rest of the way. So, mm. uh, But that's the like, like It was great. It's a great start. Tejon Buchanan, beautiful pass in towards uh, like nobody picked up. Alfonso Davies streaking in there, down the middle, off his head in to the second minute, minute 19 in, quickest goal of this World Cup. You're like, we're flying here. The thing that Canada, like, we'll, we'll get into it with Peter Galindo is uh, this will be the first time that I think in the entire qualifying everything in a long time where this is the first, actually the first time ever that John Herdman's lost back-to-back matches Wow, as manager of Canada. Yeah. Of the men or of the, the men, men and women? Of the men. Okay. Um, it was this tactic. It's two big, yeah. two big opponents, but nevertheless, yeah, exactly. You're like exactly, you're playing two European powers for sure. But it's the first time that he's lost his men's head coach back to back games. And you didn't like the way that the, the team the, was. Playing I didn't like the way they. I didn't like the way he lined them up. Like it, you off looked, the start, or you, how they adapted as the game went on. Well, as the lineup, like the 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 change, the one change coming in, uh, Kyle Aaron coming yep. in. But like you look at the midfield, the midfield three of. Croatia with Luka Modric, Brozovic, uh, Kovacic. They are are they probably the best three midfielders as a unit in the entire game. Okay, good. And what Morocco did really well was they matched speed for speed. They matched like not so much talent because we know we can't match the talent of Mor- of of Croatia, but it's just the ability. You know, mm-hmm. younger, youthful leg. I get the country. You owe it to Atiba Hutchinson. He's done a lot. Get him that hundredth cap. But he looked. So out of place. Mm. Like they, like, and then that was the goal. Kamal Miller was uh, exposed again. Wasn't it Hutchinson that gets nutmegged on one of the goals? Yeah. Yeah. He got, I think it was, yeah, it was, might have been the third. I think it was the third yeah. one. Yeah. It was just, it was the first time where Herdman just, you know, I think he was just, he, they needed to maybe go with a little more youth, I thought. You yeah. know, he wanted to see out of Kube. Uh, uh, Ishmael Kone came in as a sub and looked yep. automatically, it looked better. Uh, it just, it wasn't, it was the first time, I, like, John Herdman's going to wear this one. For the comments yep. that he made a, a, ahead of the game, and for the lineup he put out, and just the way he meant. Like he, and I get it, maybe the, the injury to uh, Eustachio there before the half maybe hurt him a little bit, and he's like, oh, I really want to take uh, Tiba Hutchinson out here, but I can't. Yeah, because Eustachio looked like he was cramping up. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it just didn't, it, they needed to try a little more, I think, with the lineup. It just. It just it was so lackadaisical. You felt like there could have been more there. It should have been more. Hmm. It should have been a lot more. Maybe not like get the win, but did not get absolutely wiped for one because that was just pure quality from Croatia at the end there. They were really good out the back. It was uh, pretty impressive to watch when they went to work, and it was one of those things where after I was like, oh, man, that Belgian game really, really kind of got me off my rocker, and then I saw the comments from... Uh, Kevin De Bruyne saying that yeah, we're no good. We're, we're too old to we're, win this. We're thing. old and we're bad. And they and were went, yesterday. Oh, okay. Because Belgium got beat got, by Morocco. They sure did. <laughs> and uh, so felt good about Canada's performance against Belgium, but maybe they're actually not that good. So, uh, nevertheless, it, it's obviously you get the goal. That's off your back, but it's you felt like if you just didn't want to be here, then you should have made some changes in that lineup because mm. it just felt like Herman just wanted to be there yesterday. Uh, that's a tough one as they'll now move on to their final game. But granted, they have been eliminated from action. They will play uh, Morocco. That's going to be an 8 a.m. start coming yeah. up on Thursday. Canada, Qatar, only two nations. Not uh, not right now. Eliminated right now. Mm-hmm. The first two teams knocked out of the tournament. The first, the host, Qatar. Yeah. And the uh, first host ever to get knocked out with one game to play. Oh, good. And then uh, Canada. Yeah. Now, granted, you know Qatar had the schedule where they had the first game, and that I'm sure they played one of the their second game was probably one of the earliest as well. Mm-hmm. So that definitely a factor, but also the fact that they're they're just frankly they're gonna they're not Canada's gonna look back at that Belgium game that we we should have had a result there that yep. should have been ours. But at the same time, like this is building for 26, right? Like they yeah. scored a goal, they. And frankly, like I think you can talk about it in a lot of different sports. Like, uh, for example, a little local here. Dave Dickinson talked about it with Jake Mayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't play very good against BC, but 
you don't understand that that guy is a competitor. Mm -hmm. He's going to learn from that. He's going to better himself from that. And he's going to be way more prepared for that situation the next time it arises for him. Yeah. Whenever the Stampeders get back to the playing field and he's back in the postseason. And that's the exact same thing for a lot of these young guys playing on, without a doubt, the biggest stage that they've ever set foot on. Exactly. And like this is and it's another thing to build for before 2026 is there will be, it's not like, well, we'll, we'll, we say goodbye to them and they're not going to play again for four more years. No, mm-hmm. they got the Gold Cup next year, which is the CONCACAF Regional Championship. And then uh, there's rumblings that Copa America, which is the South American version of uh, is their regional tournament, could invite the hosts of the 2026 World Cup, Canada, U.S., Mexico, into that tournament to get a little bit more competition. Because that's one thing I think Canada needs to do in the next qualification cycle, which I, they don't have to qualify, they're already going, but this next Nations League cycle and everything is they, not so much Nations League, but try and branch out and get away from CONCACAF a little um, bit. Try and play, if, I know it's it's so hard to schedule friendlies nowadays with European competition and whatnot, especially with this whole Nations League thing that make friendlies essentially not meaningless anymore, but it's a lot of continental play, and I think Canada's hurt and ha- and ha- like hamstrung by the fact they have to play CONCACAF a lot of the time. They don't get to play the best competition all the time. Um, I'm interested to ask you and Alex Brody this. Um, do you find soccer more of a mentally fatiguing sport to be a fan of than other sports? Uh, because, and my reason for that is this. Um, for 18 plus months, we have been so hyping up Canada going to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of four hours of action. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. And it, it like, I was thinking about it all day yesterday mm-hmm. as I'm watching the NFL. I'm like, man, that's just... Ugh, I just feel empty-handed. Like, you know, it would have been different if they got a result and all that type of stuff. And like I said, it's been cool to watch. It's been fun to be a part of. But I'm just like, oh, man, for all this hype, four <laughs> years between tournaments, two matches, and you're done. That's why you got suppl- to supplement your, your soccer love with, uh, with club football and other yeah. stuff, like the, 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 the stuff that plays the leagues around them. Because this... Again, yeah, the world the World Cup is only a four year thing, and mm-hmm. I get it, this is where the majority of people watch the game. But you want to see these guys on a daily basis? I tell you, go buy some season tickets. Go watch Cavs. Yeah, Joel Waterman sure. possibly could be the first CPL player to step foot on a World Cup pitch there on next week if he gets That'd be cool. any action. It'd be really cool to see Joel. Like, because I can't assume. Like, I, I assume they're going to be a lot more young guys in the mm-hmm. lineup. Guys getting trying to get their first caps first chances to play in a World Cup because, again, it's like, of course, Canada's going to try going with the mentality of, well, let's ruin this tournament for Morocco. So that's going to be their mentality. But I think, you know, go and support, you know, like if you really want to, I think it breaks it down. I don't think it is as mentally, ang- like so much mental anguish if you can supplement your love mm-hmm. of the game with other stuff. So that's how I do it. Um, lots to get to in the morning report. Yeah. So let's do that real quick. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment, but, uh, gotta let you know, we are live in our downtown studio brought to you by Doug Lacey's basement, basement systems. They are your local ex- experts for basement, waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. Got to mitigate that radon. We are all things basement. And you visit DL Basement Systems, Calgary.com. Around the corner. Morning report as prepared by Patty Dumas, Sports at 960 The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're back. It's The Big Show in the morning. Russick and Rose. Russick will be back tomorrow. My name is Maddie Rose. Patty Dumas, it's across. From me today, we got Alex Brody and GVP, Garrett Vanderplug, running the board in the other room. Great job, lads, as always. Let's dive into it. Already up against it. The Morning Report, it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, you can choose MotorWorks for service and for repairs because they will gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. We say good morning to Patty Dumas. Good Monday to all of you. Uh, Flames close out their six-game road trip on not-so-great terms. Busy NFL Sunday and a Canadian national team that doesn't get knocked out of a tournament. All of this in a morning report. What? Yeah. We'll start with the Calgary Flames, who finished up their six-game Eastern roadie. Uh, We'll start Friday's matinee, where they couldn't muster much anything against Mm. the Capitals. This one was 2-0 in the third, where Noah Hannafin had a great scoring opportunity, wiped out 
by a boneheaded cross-checking penalty to Milan Lucic on TJ Oshie. And on the power play, the great eight would put this one away. Puck held into the blue line by Gustafson, who shoots off the skate of Milano and wide of Markstrom's net. And now here's Carlson in the near circle of Etchkin, shoots and scores. Yeah, Capitals make it 3-0. That would be the final there. Anything you wanted to touch on Friday's game before we get into Saturday? Oh, Vetchkin was a beast. Goal yeah, and assist. 791. Three shots, five hits. Uh, the Kuznetsov goal, honestly, felt like a bit of a backbreaker. Kind of yep. weird, but because it was in the second period. But Right now, you don't want to get behind two goals gets, with this team. Gets through that defense, and, and it's a great point, the way that they're scoring goals. When you're down 2 nothing, and Darcy Kemper played the way that he did in the first period, you're going, well, um... On to Carolina, I guess. And yep. That's, in fact, exactly what happened. On to rally. Flames hop on the plane, head to the state capital of North Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. Welcome sight as Michael Stone back amongst the defensive pairings, missing the last 10 with an undisclosed injury, skating alongside Nikita Zadorov. Uh, Tanev slides up to play along on the left side beside Mackenzie Wieger. Dan Vladar getting the start with the Flames on the back-to-back. Hurricanes also on the back-to-back. They start Auntie Ranta. Mm-hmm. Early first, after some pressure from the Canes, Vladar makes a couple big saves on Seth Jarvis and Sebastian Ajo. Flames with a chance to clear the zone, but Dylan Dubé, for some reason, doesn't want to skate the puck or at least you know flip it up out of the zone. And uh, you know what happens a when pizza. The, yeah, you know what happens when the Flames turn the puck over. Ajo drops right wing side. He's playing rink wide. There's a shot by Jarvis. Stop. Rebound Ajo, and he's denied by Vladar. Centered in front, and the Hurricanes score. Brent burns like a moth to a flame off the bench, Ooh. snatches it, makes a nice drive to the net before backhanding it towards Seth Jarvis. Vlad- Vladar can't do anything on it. One nothing Canes. I don't know what Dubé's doing there. Like he didn't want Mangiapane. Didn't know what. Like I don't understand that play. It just made me so mad. You know what that is? Bigger beats and five. That's Amore. Sportsnet flashed up a stat during the game that the fl- <laughs> showed the Flames have 10 goals against within the first 15 seconds of a giveaway. Oh. That's oh. second only to the Ottawa Senators. Oh, yuck. Lazy. Gross. Don't love that. Lazy. I said that earlier in the first segment, man. Like, it doesn't matter where this team's turning the puck. Could be the offensive zone. Yep. Whatever. Other teams coming up the ice with three or four guys and. Everyone's confused on the way back. Who's got who? What's going on? Ends up in the back. Or they, or they turn the puck over like Dubé, and it's a pizza, and Ugh. boom, it's in the back of your net. Or it's in the neutral zone. Two on one. The other. It's the puck management for this team has been subpar this season. Completely opposite of what they were yes. last season. Last uh, Late first, Jordan Stahl is called for holding Flames power play that needs to get going. Finally, gives it a little life. Far circle of Rajitska. Spins and drops back to Hannafin. Slides the puck right point to Stone. Who winds and fires a shot stop. Rebound. Ruzhitska scores. Good cycle play from that second unit. Yeah. Michael Stone makes a nice uh, save at the blue line to keep it alive. Uh, nice crispy passing from 11 and 88 to get it out to Hannafin. Ruzhitska does a couple spins before sending it back to Hannafin. Stone fires it on net. Rebound. Ruzhitska pots home his fifth. And the Flames tie this one up after 20. Flames look much like the road team in this one. Kane's much better, I thought, in that opening frame. Lucky to be 1-1 for the Flames. Uh, second period now. Early on, Michael Stone gets called for hooking on Jesper Fast. Canes go to the power play. Svechnikov will pick the puck up in the corner. Back up to the blue line of Burns. He gets it back to Svechnikov, who goes down low and centered. Natchez scores. Four Flames stuck watching Stefan Nason, who glides it over uh, to a wide open Marty Natchez. Uh, again, nothing Vladar can do on that one. Canes go back in front 2-1. Uh, getting later on now in the second period, Blake Coleman goes off. Uh, but his line mates, Jonathan Huberto, Michael Backlund, still on the ice. Huberto with a heat-seeking dart. Finds an all-alone Tyler Toffoli waiting at the blue line, and he gets shot at a career milestone. Svechnikov will glove it down inside of Flames territory, but he has it swatted off a stick by Hannafin. Here's Huberto ahead to Toffoli. He shoots and scores! Noah, or Noah Hannafin makes a nice steal of uh, Svechnikov, gets it out to Backlund, who taps it over to Huberto, and then 10 does what he does best. Tape to tape pass, and Tyler Toffoli, who continues to be the Flames' best sniper on this team, fires it by Ranta, and we're tied up, heading to the third. Did you like that one? Yeah. You know what? There were some things to like. Second half of a back-to-back. You're playing the Hurricanes. Here, you know, you get- scored two goals. Shots suppressed. Like the, the Hurricanes made it so that... I think this, the Flames only have 16 shots at this point in the entire game after 40. Yeah, and just weren't sharp. Yeah. Like they 
They were good, but not great. Yeah. There's just you just every every time you watch this team, you just find yourself wanting more. Yeah, third period now. Hurricanes just shutting the Flames down. They can't get anything going offensively. Kind of the theme of this week. Uh, Blake Coleman with the best chance, redirecting a puck, hit the crossbar. Uh, and then Col- Coleman gets called for high sticking on Sebastian Ajo. Yep. Kakalaki to the power play. Stasny pushes it towards the net. Comes free in front. It's a shot by Pesci. He scores. So much speed. Kotkaniemi takes it from the Kane zone, sends it over to Paul Stasny, who gives it back to the fan, who finds an open Brett Pesci at the top of the left faceoff circle, snaps it by Vladar. Kane strike again on the man advantage. Kane's hold the Flames to four shots in the third period. Season low, 20 shots on net. Uh, so let's hear from uh, Coach Sutter mm-hmm. on the loss. Oh, I think we were ready for a really fast, aggressive team, and and uh, they came out like that. I think our goalie really did a good job holding the fort early, which you, you know they always do come out in this building when you look at the numbers. But in the end, uh, you know their power play gets a break and scores a goal there. You know, it's a, we make the right play and it gets Tanny stick and comes back out to the top and, and then goes through guys. And then we had the opportunity before that in our power play and didn't come through. The Flames end this road trip, dropping the last three to go 2-3-1 and one on the six-game road trip, dropped to 9-9-2 and two on the year. Back home Tuesday night for what should be a very electric, intense building as Matthew Kachuk returns to Calgary. Big week at the Dome. Sean Monaghan and the Habs will be here on Thursday. Uh, but right now, it's the group right that's here right now, not clicking at all offensively. Three goals in three games. I mentioned it. Kadri's not scoring. Lindholm's not scoring. We know Huberto's struggles. Uh, and, like, just... Yeah, we're going to talk with Sandra Prusina here at 7.30 about some of the guys down on the farm that are killing it right now in Matthew Phillips and Jacob Pelche. But uh, just overall thoughts on uh, as the Flames put this road trip Another to tough one. Uh, six Season-long six-game roadie out of the way. Dunwood faced some tough opposition. Did not get nearly the results that they wanted. But at the same time, that good start still has them in a position to strike. There's a lot of time left in the mm-hmm. season to try and right this ship. You wonder if there is a move coming. Dennis Gilbert assigned to the AHL Wranglers yesterday. Yeah. That leaves the Flames Extra with not spot. only a roster spot, but about $1.7 million in daily cap space. So if they wanted to go and bring somebody up, they probably have that ability. But then the questions become, who's Ooh. getting the popcorn assignment? Uh, you will find out maybe uh, coming up in the next couple days before they play on Tuesday night. Uh, Wranglers, we'll go to the AHL team here quickly. Uh, they played two this weekend against the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, Friday, they beat them 5-1. Uh, Matthew Phillips had two goals and assist. Walker Dewar also had two goals. Jacob Pelche added one. Sunday, a lot closer of a contest. This one needed some overtime. Jeremy Poirier uh, with the winner. Matthew Phillips with an assist on that one. Just uh, one of three yesterday. Uh, to add to his AHL leading 26 points. Oh, good. Wranglers sweep the two-game set with the Abbotsford Canucks. They're back in action on December 2nd when they visit a much warmer San Diego to take on the Gulls. Uh, voice of the Wranglers, Sandra Persina, will join us at 7.30. We've got to roll through this here quickly. NHL from last night, uh, just five games, three Canadian teams. We'll start in San Jose. Sharks taking on the Canucks. Uh, this one needed overtime. Andre Kuzmenko would win it 4-3. That's three straight wins now for the Canucks. Another two points from Eric Carlson. He becomes the first Sharks defenseman to record 20 points in a month. But the Canucks get the oh, win. in a month. In a month. My goodness. Uh, Senators, they close out also, this. Also, uh, just want yeah, to mention, uh, Kuzmenko, now 20 points Damn. in, I believe, 20 games all of a sudden. Is he Calder eligible? Dude's just got 10 bingos. I don't think he is. Either. No. He's too, maybe. You know what? We'll look into it. Okay. Uh, we'll start. Uh, we'll go to San Jose. They're closing out this West Coast road trip. Uh, they won a game in Anaheim on Friday. Up the road in L.A. taking on the Kings. And don't look now. They've won two in a row. 3-2 over the Kings. The Winnipeg Jets explode for seven goals as they beat the Chicago Blackhawks 7-2. Josh Norrissey, as the teammates are calling him in Stop. Winnipeg. No. Uh, with just another three points. Ugh. Morrissey only trailing Art Eric no. Carlson and Quinn Hughes for most assists in the league. Josh Norrissey. Josh I love Josh Morrissey. Morrissey but <laughs> come on. Oh, back-to-back Calgarians winning the Norris. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we have um, a long time to go. Yeah, long let, time. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, okay. Yeah, it's a good I'm, start for I Josh Morrissey. I love I'm on board. <laughs> Fun game in uh, uh, Anaheim between the Ducks and Kraken. Matty Beneers with another three-point night as the Kraken fend off the Ducks 5-4. 
They are now tied to their longest win streak in franchise history and approved to 9-1-1 in the month of November. They have one more game this month, and that's in L.A. Mm. Uh, the Wild used two, uh, two goal oh, out. Kuzmenko's per- way too old. He's 26. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Wild used two goal outbursts at the start of the third to fend off the Hungry Coyotes. Kirill Kaprizov with three points, extending his career-long point streak to nine. Wild win nine, or Wild win four three. Uh, six games. Good to, player. Yeah, hell of a player. Six also, games tonight. Also, Kuzmenko is only four months younger than Michael Bunting, but he's not <laughs> eligible for the Calder this year. Like, what is what this? The? What is that? I don't know. Uh, six games tonight. Four at five o'clock, including the Leafs in uh, Detroit. Devils take on the Rangers. The Devils have a chance to become the best team in the league with a win. They are. What are we talking oh, about? They're goodness. unbelievable. Sabres host the Lightning and the Knights of Columbus. I mean, the Golden Knights take on Columbus. Uh, at six, the Red Hot Blues take on the Stars. And the Oilers, they return home to take on the Panthers, who will be here tomorrow. That goes at 7.30 on Sportsnet, a part of the Rogers Monday Night Hockey. The Devils are trying to become the first team in NHL history to win at least 13 games in November. That's amazing. They're good. Let's go. They're a great team. Uh, I'm, I'm not just happy s- that we just get to watch them as a spectator for the rest of the year. Ugh. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the NFL. We're, uh, we got Charles Davis coming up at 7, so I want to get to... Uh, uh, what we know about uh, Canada, uh, Garrett, hit the can. Oh, Canada here. Yeah, we know about Canada's ultimately untimely exit uh, with one game to go down in the World Cup at the group stage. But uh, another national team for Canada has been kicking everybody's ass. It was the Davis Cup, Davis Cup final in Malaga, Spain. Let's go! After a third match winner against Italy in the semis, Canada will take was set to take on Australia in the final, and they made quick work of the lads from down under. The the tennis ruse, the tenny, the tennis ruse, the tennis ruse. Uh, uh, Denis Shapovalov made quick work of Thanasi uh, Kokanasis. Uh, 6-2, and in the second match, Felix Ojeda-Aliassime was even more impressive, dispatching. The best Australian tennis player on the planet, Alex DiManure, in straight set 6-3-6-2. Canada wins the Davis Cup for the first time in its 113-year history. What? And then for the year of 2022, they are the best tennis nation no on way. the planet. Good for us. Congrats to Captain Frank Dancevich, who's been the captain World since Cup. 2017. As well as Vashik Pasvacil, Gabriel Diallo, and Alexis Garlino. Canada, Davis Cup champs. I love it, dude. Tennis has become one of my um, top ten sports to, to consume via the television. Oh, it's fun! Oh my um, god, it's fun to watch. It's it's intense, right? Like, you, especially you get to a major and oh, you yeah. get deep into it, you get some intense Aussie moments. Open's gonna be here in a month. Very much like uh, <laughs> you know, you, you're talking about like playoff baseball and, and how it all comes down to like one pitch. Well, mm-hmm. It all comes down to one serve in a lot mm-hmm. of those instances, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So. Uh, Canada on the women's and the men's side, both killing it. Congratulations. Hell yeah. Good job, boys. Let's go. Uh, locally, uh, the Calgary Hitmen, they were looking to close out the three games and three nights on a winning note. Dropped Friday's game to Prince Albert 5-2 before winning down the Trans-Canada in Medicine Hat on Saturday by that very same goal line. Uh, taking on arch-rival Red Deer Rebels last night. This one needed some overtime where it was the Rebels. Hunter Mayo putting his Ugh. second of the contest away. Red Deer wins 3-2. Hitman back in action on Friday against the Tigers at home. And then on Sunday, it's the annual Teddy Bear Toss game. Welcoming the Moose Jaw Warriors. Warriors are a great team this yeah. year. They've got a whole bunch of kids that are eligible for the 2023 draft mm. and maybe going to go in the first round, plus some already drafted players. They're a very good team, fun to watch. That's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Biggest game on the, the regular season the calendar. Hitmen also, they're a good team this Damn year. Good. From where they were last year to yeah. where they are now? Oh. And the Rebels are very good. Jaden Groob, Calgarian, yeah. Rangers prospect, menace. <laughs> Uh, the Roughnecks, uh, they closed out the preseason at home against the Saskatchewan Rush in front of a uh, nice 9,082 fans at the Scotiabank Saddledome on Love Saturday that. night. Roughnecks got out to a nice 3-0 start at the half before falling 9-8 in OT. They opened the season December 10th against the Vancouver Warriors, and that's your uh, morning report. I believe there was a goal with .4 seconds left in regulation that sent that one to overtime Oof. as well for uh, the Calgary Roughnecks. So uh, fun start to uh, their or fun conclusion to their preseason. Yeah, they go one and two. Now but, they uh, go uh, out on the road for a little while, or for their first game before uh, they return back to the Dome. Mm-hmm. That is the Morning Report. It's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% 
on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. We do have two or three minutes here. So was there anything from the NFL real quick that uh, you wanted to touch on? Was there anything that really caught your eye? Uh, I, I know that we we did okay in our, well, I did pretty good in our <laughs> big bets, and, and that's great to see. But apart from that, anything really stand out to you? I mean, I thought... Is this uh, Aaron Rodgers injury going to be a big deal? Well, I think that was the thing. Like, it's... They're 4-8 and eight now. Rodgers yeah. said yesterday that well, they're still not mathematically eliminated. Yeah. So until they are, I think he's going to have his say and, and have a start. And I think, I think he'll start going into Chicago this coming Sunday. But, I mean, what from what we saw from Jordan Love in the, in the quarter of action and when, what you hear from, from just Aaron Rodgers and then the guy, the coach's staff, is that this guy had a hell of a preseason. And then it showed in that final you know, quarter for Green Bay where he, he didn't look out of place. He looked... Really, really good for for what he was. Yeah, and, uh, I know it was it was late in the game, and I think Philly's defense was Philly's defense had the night off. Uh, but <laughs> you know what? I think uh, for sure, like if it's their four and eight, they're not making the playoffs right now. So, I mean, you got the the, the avulsion fracture on the thumb, which is really severe. Gross. Um, that's I don't know where that's at in the healing, and now he's got the oblique. So. Not great. Not great, but uh, uh, that's what's your, just that. What's your intrigue on uh, Monday Night Football? Steelers at Colts. Uh, Colts favored by two and a half points. Total set at 39 and a half right now. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is, uh, I mean, man, ever since coming back from injury, he's been been very good. Been, been more bit. Jonathan Taylor-like. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think the team's playing loose with Jeff Saturday. I think sure. getting Matt Ryan back at quarterback helped them a lot, and you know, here's a team that's still, you know, beating on the doors of like trying to get into the wild card spot. So this is a big game, and Pittsburgh's not good. Uh, we know where Kenny Pickett's at. We're, they're still trying to develop. So I think this should be a, a Colts win. And make, man, man, Jeff Saturday goes three and zero to start his coaching career when everybody thought this team would just completely just tank. Didn't they lose last week? Oh yeah, they lost. Never mind. Sorry, they were one and one. Yeah, yeah they, they lost barely, but they they kept it up. But they the were Eagles. close. Yeah, they kept they, up. sorry, they were right. within a score. They covered yes. the spread. Yeah, but they did not win okay. that game. Yeah, um, they lost the Eagles. Before we do chat with Charles Davis about the NFL week, uh, we quickly do have to get the big update mm. on the big tournament that's going down on Qatar. Uh, we hand the reins to our man, Alex Brody. This soccer report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Lots of action to bring you up to speed up on, but of course, first, we got to talk about that Canada game. A lot at stake in this one, Canada taking on Croatia, finalists of the 2018 edition of the tournament. Canada needing a win or a draw here to keep their hopes alive. And oh boy, did they find their game early in this one. A beautiful cross from Brampton's Tejon Buchanan into who other than Alfonso Davies sees the Canadians take a lead only 68 seconds into the match here. Bit of a fun fact. Fonzie's goal was the fastest of the tournament so far, but it does not even crack the top 10 fastest goals at the tournament of all time. Number one scored in just 11 seconds by Hakan Suker. Canada would hold a 1-0 lead early in the match, but it was all Croatia from there. They had a goal called back by VAR as offside, but they found their first goal through Andre Kramaric in the 36th minute, and a goal from Marko Livadja saw Croatia lead 2-1 at the break. Canada fought hard in the second half, but couldn't seem to put the pieces together as Croatia adds two more goals in the second half to take this one 4-1. Canada getting their first ever goal at the tournament, but unfortunately, their hopes of advancing to the round of 16 have been quashed. Canada, though, still able to impact the outcome of their group, still lost to play for. They'll meet Morocco on Thursday at 8 a.m. And in other Group F action, Belgium taking on Morocco prior to the Canada match and Morocco needing a win here to prevent Belgium from advancing to the round of 16. Prior to the match, Belgium, pardon me, Belgium captain Kevin De Bruyne saying Belgium have no chance of winning the World Cup because they are too old. Maybe not what you want to hear from your captain and it seemed to take a toll on the side as they drop this one 2-0. This outcome has massive implications for the group. It'll come down to a final match day to see which two teams will advance. And another upset in Group E, Japan, coming off defeating Germany, looked to keep the momentum going against Costa Rica, who were absolutely battered by Spain. This one was deadlocked until the 81st minute, and it was Costa Rica who take their turn to upset Japan. Keisher Fuller getting the goal for Costa Rica. This outcome also having massive implications on the group which I'll get to right away here. And one positive, a CONCACAF team has a win at the tournament, guys. Yeah, Woo! they do. Let's go. 
And yesterday, a massive tilt and the only matchup in the group stage that sees two former champions of the tournament go head to head. It was Spain taking on Germany. Germany needing a result here after a shocking defeat to Japan in the first match. Teams playing back and forth here. Germany had one called back by VAR, but it was Spain who broke the deadlock first. Alvaro Morata finding the back of the net with a beautifully placed shot. If Germany were to lose this game, their hopes of advancing were all but out the window, but it was substitute Nicholas Fulkrug who equalized for the Germans, saving the tournament for this side, who also missed the knockout stages in the last edition of the tournament in 2018. The 1-1 draw means Germany fully, Germany don't fully control what's next for them. A win against Costa Rica is essential, mm. but they also need to hope Spain takes down Japan for a shot at the next round. And now let's get to today. Georgia-Serbia taking on Cameroon in the first match of the day. Both teams coming off losses in their first games, meaning a result was important. This one was a goal fest. Serbia leading 3-1 in the 53rd minute, but Cameroon finding two goals in quick succession. George ain't going to like this one. He's not going to be happy. We're probably lucky he's not in today. <laughs> 63rd and 66th minutes. One for five on his picks. Serbia lost. Ooh. And so both teams grabbing a point here, but Cameroon now have to meet tournament favorites Brazil in their final game, which means it does not look good for them. Depending on the Switzerland result today, it could come down to a head-to-head -head matchup between them and Serbia to see who advances. Things might be a little awkward here on Friday between me and George. Mm. And happening right now, Ghana currently leads South Korea by a score of 1-0. VAR 2-0. Oh, it's 2-0. Yeah, it's 2-0 now. Sorry, I wrote this when it was 1-0. VAR, on the good side of things in this one, it ruled a Mohamed Salisu goal as onside to give Ghana a 1-0 lead. And oh boy, did Education City Stadium enter pandemonium after that. They would add another through Mohamed Kudos and Ghana in control so far in this one, 2-0. And, la and coming up later today, tournament favorites Brazil taking on Switzerland. Both teams coming off wins in their opening games. That being said, Brazil will be out without their star, Neymar, due to ankle concerns. The last time these no. teams met in 2018, it was a 1-1 draw. So my fingers are crossed for the Swiss on this one. And to wrap up action on the day, Portugal taking on Uruguay. Both these teams expected to get out of their group, but Uruguay will need to be the more desperate team as they only were able to grab a single point from their first match. This one goes at noon. And this soccer report was brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Thank you, Broads. We're live in the Basement Systems downtown studio and around the corner we're chatting some NFL. Charles Davis joins us next. This is The Big Show, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.